everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, I am joined in the studio by another one of our Watermark Institute students, Trevor Evans. What's up, Emma? Trevor, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on this. You're so welcome. Trevor, you serve in Gather. Right. right? Yeah, single adults, baby. 30s, 40s, through 50s. If you're single, come hang out with us Wednesday nights. Are you single? I'm not single. Okay, that <laughs> no, would, I'm not. I mean, if you weren't, that would have sounded a little no, bit weird. No, I'm, I'm married. So this chapter starts with a question that seems like a continuation of a statement. Now, because the book of Romans was not originally written in chapters, but as one continuous letter, we can feel comfortable and confident in checking out the ending of the previous chapter. So that's what we'll do. Let's go to Romans 5, 20 through 21. It says, Now the law came in to increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul just introduced the idea that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, which is great news for us sinners. We need that grace. But Paul doesn't stop after making this case for God's grace. He is now in chapter 6 asking a probing question. Verse 1, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? That, are we to continue in sin question, uses the present active verb tense. And I know, grammar, blah, blah, but it's important. Knowing this helps us recognize that Paul is describing the practice of habitual sin. So I ask this question. It seems as though Paul wonders if someone might take the truths taught in chapter 5 and twist them to use as a case for the idea that it doesn't matter if a Christian lives a life full of sin. If this chapter, chapter 6, was left out, you may think something along the lines of, well, if God loves sinners, why worry about sin? Or if God gives grace to sinners, why not sin more and receive even more grace? And people have. That is what the 20th century Russian monk Gregory Rasputin thought. He may have, <laughs> Gregory Rasputin. I've never heard of him. No, you're about to. You I may can't have, wait. Have you heard of the mad monk of the Eastern Orthodox Church? No. Okay, so please tell me. He's known as the mad monk of the Eastern Orthodox Church, being known for heavy drinking, petty theft, and promiscuity. He was even thought to have been an influential character in the start of World War I. And what he believed and literally lived out was the idea of salvation through repeated experiences of sin and repentance. Sin to receive grace, then sinning again to receive greater grace, leading to salvation. Oh, wow. Yeah, rough stuff. Yeah. Our lead pastor, Blake Holmes, always tells us ideas have consequences and bad ideas have victims. Well, this is one of those bad ideas, and it leads to a literal gruesome death of Rasputin. And for us today, I mean, that idea, if we miss this point, if we miss Paul's point about grace doesn't exist to excuse our sin, if we miss that, we, instead of taking the abundant life Jesus offers us, the thief we know comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. And what we think is this this freedom, it's it's taking from you. It's stealing, it's killing, and it's destroying. So I think of uh, college kids. For sure. Grew up in the church. I mean, the statistics about kids who grew up in the church and go to college and leave are crazy. So many of them do. And I think this idea can be planted in our minds that says, hey, I prayed that prayer at youth camp. I gave my life to Jesus. I know that I'm good. And there's grace, right? Like, I can, I can party. I can break the law. And Paul's saying, no. Grace isn't giving you an excuse, and what we think might be freedom isn't God's best for us. Right, yeah. Paul doesn't want us to live this lie. Yeah. 
So, so his immediate answer to his rhetorical question is, by no means. Literally meaning, perish the thought or have that thought suffer death in a violent way, in a sudden, ultimate way. Dang. Yeah, it's, it's intense. So, so what are we supposed to do with that? Well, when you read through the rest of Romans 6, you notice a few words used multiple times. And if you look at these words, you can recognize a theme. So you see sin, death, grace, slave, righteousness, life or alive. This passage carries the idea that the gift of grace from God does not give us merit to sin, but power over sin, freedom from sin. Romans 6, 7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. The pre version of us no longer exists. Once captive by sin, now free in Christ to live a new life in Him. Romans 6, 17 and 18 says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves to sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Paul is saying that in receiving the grace given to us by God in Christ, we have a new boss. It's no longer sin, but righteousness. Can you imagine getting a new job? And the first day on your new job, you call your old boss and ask your old boss what he wants you to do with your time at your new job? No way. <laughs> it just yeah. w- it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense at all. And that's the same with the new life in Christ. We report to him now. No longer our sinful nature. We report to Christ. Mm-hmm. And this is a great thought. It's, it's really great thought. It's cool to think about in Romans 6. But the question I ask myself is, what do I do with this now? Now that I know it, what do I do? How do I apply this? Do I just And stop? we should always ask that question. Of, of course. Yeah. Do I just stop sinning? I realize that I cannot do that on my own. I need help. So the first thing I do is I pray Psalm 5110, create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I believe that he will. And I look at Romans 621 to remind me that sin isn't worth it. This says, but what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. So sin leads to death and shame. Okay, I got that. Now I have my heart focused. I've got my mind focused. And I end with Romans 6.13, to focus my body. It says, do not present your members or body parts to unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members or body to God as instruments or weapons of righteousness. You have an opportunity to use your body as a weapon in the war between good and evil. Think of King David. He used his hands to defeat Goliath. Righteous actions. Eyes to lust after Bathsheba. Sin. So he battled with this. So if David, the man after God's own heart, struggles with this, what do I do? I put my body in situations that honor God and keep me from major temptations. So to recap, Romans 6 what I'm going to take from this, what I'm going to do going forward. So I'm going to ask God to create a clean heart in me. I remind myself that sin isn't worth the consequences. Then I put my body in situations that honor God and keep me from major temptations. That's what I got from Romans 6. That is awesome, Trevor. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm so glad you were able to jump in with us. But that's all we've got time for. So I am so glad we are on this journey together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it 
if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast. 